2: we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Greetings Zone Nation, this is Attorney Charles Jerome Ware, the author of Understanding the Law, A Primer, as well as The Immigration Paradox, 15 Steps for Winning Immigration Cases. I'm at www.CharlesJeromeWare, W-A-R-E.com. And I would like to wish Rob, Laura, and all worldwide listeners of the X Zone Nation a very Merry Christmas and a healthy, prosperous, and spiritually filled New Year. Holy All hit radio.
0: Zone, a
3: place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
2: You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glowed.
3: Welcome back to the Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the all-new Zone Broadcast Network. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. That's one 800 610 Seven zero three five. My email address is xzone at tv.com on MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com and our website, TV.com and that is our porthole website that will bring you to the X Chronicles newspaper, X Zone TV show, uh, Paragators, it'll also bring you to our satellite uplink center so you can actually look and see if your satellite dish at home receives it, which frequency we're on. And so much more. That's www.xzoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Raymond Buckland. We're going to be talking to Ray about the Wiser Field Guide to Ghost, Apparition Spirits, Spectral Lights, and Other Hauntings of His- History and Legend. And from the battlefield of biblical ghosts to poltergeists and orbs, the Wiser Field Guide to Ghost, which was published this September, examines categories and subcategories of ghosts across time and cultures, including commonalities and misconceptions. Stories of encounters, legendary ghosts, and haunted places are all covered in this beautifully illustrated compendium, a veritable A to Z of the other world. Joining me this hour is Raymond Buckland, and uh, Raymond has a history. Of his own when it comes to ghost. In 1962, Raymond Buckland came to the United States from England, where he had written comedy scripts and was personal scriptwriter for the popular British comedian. Um, in the past forty years, Raymond has had over fifty books published, fiction and nonfiction, with nearly two million copies in prints and translated into seventeen foreign languages. He has served as technical director for movies. He has lectured at colleges and universities across the country and has been the subject of articles in such newspapers and magazines as the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, uh, New Cosmopolitan, True, and many others. Raymond has appeared on many, many television shows and talk radio shows nationally, as well as in England, Italy, and up here in Canada. And joining me now from his home in Ohio is Raymond Buckland. And, Ray, welcome to the X-Zone. Well, thank
2: you very much, Rob.
3: Tell me, Ray, we're in the year twenty. Let's say 2010, because we're just a few weeks away, and yet the interest in ghosts is getting hotter and more. There's more interest uh, of people showing, uh, you know, towards ghosts and things that go bump in the night than ever before.
2: Why? I know. Why? I I think it's it's because people are are less uh, embarrassed to talk about things like that. I think that there has always been a tremendous interest in Mm -hmm. all aspects of the occult, as it used to be called, or, or metaphysics, which of course includes ghosts, uh, but I think that people were afraid of being laughed at or, or thought crazy or whatever, but these days, uh, since the uh, what we, we generally term the New Age movement ca- came into being about, about 20 years a- ago, I think people um, are not afraid to acknowledge that they have mm-hmm. an interest in these things, and they've found so many other people with similar interests that, uh, that it is it become, it's almost as though life has become a great club where we can all get together and enjoy our common interests.
3: Ray, please stand by. You and I have to take our first commercial break for this hour. Ray Buckland's our very special guest, Exo Nation. Website www.raybuckland.com. Dot com, and we're talking about The Wiser Field Guide to Ghost, Apparition Spirit, Spectral Lights, and Other Hauntings of History and Legend. Once again, his website is www.raybuckland.com My name is Rob McConnell and Ray Buckland and I will return on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exone continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the all-new x Broadcast Network. <laughs> Back, everyone. Ray Buckland is our special guest. www.raybuckland.com. And uh, Ray, you and I were talking off air during the commercial break. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is 60 years old this year.
2: Right. 1949 it first came out. I know because uh, I was at school in 49 and uh, I just changed schools and it was one of these English public schools where everybody was known by their last name. Nobody knew what their, their first name was. And the I knew that my my initial was R and everybody was trying to guess what my first name was and finally somebody said Rudolph and I said no it's not and they said well we can't guess anymore so it's Rudolph so I became known as Rudolph
3: (laughs) Rudolph Raymond Buckley there you go (laughs) tell tell me Ray where did your interest in ghost
2: come from? Uh, I guess Uh, It all started with my my uncle, my father's brother, my Uncle George, Mm -hmm. who was uh, very much a spiritualist. Um, As a kid, I was a a, a devout reader. I I read everything I could lay hands on. And um, one day, Uncle George loaned me a book on spiritualism. And I went through that, and I went back to see what else he had on the subject. And I read everything he had. And from there, I went down to the local library and I went through the shelves from spiritualism into ghosts and ESP and magic and voodoo and witchcraft and the hobbit. And really, I've never looked back from there.
3: You know, there are certain people you talk to who look forward to seeing a ghost. And then there are other people who seem to be afraid of ghosts. And, And as an expert, should people be afraid of ghosts?
2: Not at all. I I think people are are simply afraid of what they don't understand, what they don't know. I think the more that people look into ghosts uh, and read books like The Wiser Field Guide to Ghosts, of course, Mm the more they'll they'll understand what is behind the appearance of ghosts and the sound of ghosts, and so they'll, they'll realize that there's no need to be afraid of them. Uh, ghosts are not there to harm you. Ghosts are, are there to, to make contact for a, a wide variety of reasons. Well, one of the main reasons is that it's the um, frequently the spirit of somebody who has passed over to the other side, and for whatever reason, they're very loath to leave, to leave contact with the physical world. And so they keep trying to come back, or they, 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 they are seen by friends or relatives, or they like to make themselves heard. So there's a lot of a lot to do with ghosts, which is not frightening in the least if you just examine it, if you just look at what a ghost is and what causes the ghost to appear.
3: So are there different types of ghosts, or is a ghost a ghost? A ghost is a ghost.
2: There, well, there are many different sorts of ghosts. Basically, we'll break it down into visual ghosts and auditory ghosts, the, the, the ghosts that you see and the ghosts that you hear. I mean, many times we hear footsteps or or sounds or or tappings or scratchings or whatever. I used to live in a haunted house up in New Hampshire, and and we had three different ghosts there. And there's a good example here, three different ghosts. One was very much an auditory ghost Uh, up in one of the bedrooms. You could hear these footsteps walking backwards and forwards across the room, uh, sometimes my wife and I would be sitting in the living room downstairs and we'd hear these footsteps going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And in fact, one day, the footsteps then started coming down the stairs and we both turned to look to to the door at the foot of the stairs and nothing happened. Nobody appeared and I got up and went and, of course, there was nobody on the stairs. I went upstairs, there was nobody in the room. In fact, there was nobody else in the house other than the two of us. So this was was a typical auditory ghost. Uh, now we had a couple of visual ghosts. Uh, we had my my wife's grandmother staying with us one time, and she happened to be staying. She happened to be sleeping in that that haunted room. Now, of course, we didn't let her know that it was a haunted room. Um, but in the morning, she came down to us, and she said, "You know, a strange thing happened last night." We said, "Oh, what was that?" She said I woke up in the middle of the night and there was this woman standing at the foot of my bed. She was dressed all in blue and she was standing there looking at me and then she turned away and she just sort of faded away. She just disappeared.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.
1: Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.
2: Well, this is a typical visual ghost, visual sighting. And I had another visual sighting in that same house. The one day I was sitting in my in my study there. Mm-hmm and it was an old house. The house was built in 1820 and we had a, uh, a screened-in porch across the front of the house and on the end of the porch there was a screen door which was happened to be very squeaky. So if anybody came uh, you would, would hear the screen door squeak and then they came across the porch into the front door which was in, in the center of the house and I was sitting in my study this one day and I heard the screen door squeak and I glanced up and I saw this man come onto the porch and walk across to, towards the front door. So I got up and went through to the front door expecting to hear the front door bell ring, but it didn't. So I opened the door and there was nobody there. There was nobody on the porch. The screen door didn't squeak anymore. We had a long driveway. you could see there was nobody out in the driveway. So this was another example of a visual ghost.
3: Now, when does, a, when does a person become a ghost?
2: Um, usually when they die, when they pass over. Though there are examples of what I have called living ghosts. Uh, this uh, gets into things like astral projection. Mm-hmm. Where it's believed that we all have an astral body, an invisible double, which when we sleep goes off on, on journeys. And some psychic people can see the astral doubles of somebody else. So they might see what seems to be a ghost, but it's actually the astral body of somebody who is living. But basically, it's uh, most ghosts, so say 99.9% of, of ghosts, of visual ghosts, are uh, the apparitions, if you like, of people who have died, who have passed over. And they might be back, they might be appearing for, for many reasons. It might be that they had a very traumatic experience, a very traumatic death, and they perhaps uh, refuse to admit that they've died, or they don't, they don't understand that they've mm-hmm. died. They just don't move on into the into the next life, the next realm. In fact, there are people who who spend their time having seances, having having sittings, in order to contact these spirits and to help them move on, to go towards the light, as we say. So some of these people are hanging around for that. Some of us are hanging around because they've had such a good time here. Uh, I went to a haunted house on Long Island, New York, a few years back, and this was haunted, and we found that it was haunted by a young lady who had so much pleasure in this house that when she died, she just didn't want to leave it. Uh, she didn't actually live in the house. She lived next door, but she didn't get on well with her parents. But the people in this house took her in, were very, very kind to her. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when she got married, she, she got married from that, that house. So this was a wonderful place to her. So when she died, she just didn't want to leave the house. So this was a, an attachment, and so many times it is an attachment there to, for, for the ghost.
3: So is it the ghost's... Own choice whether it crosses right after death or remains after after death.
2: Um, it's difficult to say. Uh, I think generally it's sort of an automatic crossing over. When when one dies, one proceeds into the spirit world and takes up residence there, or mm-hmm. whatever whatever happens after death. Uh, but I think there are occasions when, as I said, if there's a, uh, some sort of a traumatic experience or, or something that happens at the time of that passing that causes the ghost to sort of think twice about it and think, hey, wait a minute, I, I don't know that I'm ready to go on or I don't know that I want to go on. I think then this, this is what causes the ghost to stay. But I think the majority of time it's, as I say, a sort of a, an automatic transition and moving on.
3: If someone has a ghost in their house, should they try and get rid of the ghost, or should they just leave the ghost, live in harmony with them?
2: I'm all for leaving them to live in harmony, unless there seems to be a problem with the ghost. Now, if if it seems to be a, uh, if you, we can say this, an unhappy ghost, yeah. somebody who, who's there um, because they, they haven't realized they've died, because mm-hmm that they just don't want to, to move on because they are afraid of the after- afterlife, uh, then if you can get in touch with them, and it, it's... Simple enough to get in touch with the ghost. If you can get in touch with them and let them know what has happened, let them know that there's no reason to be afraid of moving on. Let them to know that this is the general order of things, that we do move on. We go down to the light. We pass over into the spirit world, and, and life, in, a sense, in, in, in essence, continues. Then it's good to let them know. But many ghosts, I, I think, are there... Uh, If you like visiting, coming back to enjoy what they've they've had when they were alive, coming back to visit relatives who are still alive, friends who are still alive, and who are not necessarily there permanently haunting. And I don't think there's any reason to, to try to get rid of ghosts like that.
3: Have you ever been attacked by a ghost or had anything negative happen to you by a ghost?
1: No, um, it's
2: very seldom that you hear of something like that. Usually, uh, the person on the receiving end is frightened rather than literally attacked. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's really no way that a ghost can physically harm, harm you. Uh, they can frighten you, yes, scare the bejeebus out of you, uh, but to actually ha- harm you, hurt you, no. Um, they can frighten you enough that you perhaps fall downstairs and consequently get get injured. But it's not the ghost itself who's who's harming you.
3: All right, Ray, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Ray Buckland is our Buckland is our very special guest. www.raybuckland dot com this is his website we're talking about ghosts the wiser field guide to ghosts apparitions spirits spectral lights and other hauntings of history and legend if you'd like to give us a call one 1-800, eight no one 7035 that's worldwide toll free at one eight hundred six ten seven zero three five. 610 7035 email xzone radio tv at hotmail.com that's on msn messenger and to get right into my email address here at the xzone it's xzone at XZoneRadio TV.com and of course our website's www.xzoneradiotv.com com That's the portal. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network
0: a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Regis Shilkin, author of You Know When, would like to wish Rob McConnell and his production crew, and particularly all the Zone listeners who believe The Psychic is Possible, a very happy, stress-free holiday season, and a thrilling new year with great vibes. Thank
3: Welcome back, everyone. Ray Buckland is our special guest, and in case you don't know the Sexo Nation, uh, Ray Buckland was responsible for introducing Wicca to the United States. He is popularly known as the father of American Wicca. So does that mean, Ray, without you there'd be no Halloween?
2: <laughs> I think Halloween was here long before I was. So the old name for it is Samhain, actually. It's the, the old Celtic name. Yeah. T-
3: tell me, we're talking about ghosts, and maybe a little later on we'll talk about Wicca. Um, Uh Everybody is getting into ghost hunting these days. You see all these television shows on the cable networks. I, for one, do not understand why everything has to be shot in night shot or night vision because a lot of hauntings, if I'm not mistaken, half the hauntings happen during the day, so why do they use all all this night shot and all this scary stuff besides America loves to be scared, but is ghost hunting dangerous?
2: Not at all. Um, and, and I agree with you, it's ridiculous, these these shows. Um, in, in fact, more than, than what you said, on um, so many of these ghost hunter shows, uh, people sort of scream and say, I, I heard something, did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that. And they, they try to build up what is, is absolutely nothing uh, to make it sound exciting and, and thrilling. And mm-hmm. most ghost hunting is not that exciting and thrilling. It, it's very mundane, it, it, it's very, very plodding. And as you say, it can be done just as well in the daytime as at, as at night. It's just, I think, that um, people generally think of ghosts appearing at night. So certainly, um, we are more inclined to, to associate ghosts with the nighttime, uh, if only because, I think, probably because we're so busy during the day, that mm-hmm. it isn't until the nighttime when we're more relaxed in our minds and more open, uh, that we are are more aware of what is going on Um as, as you know with with radio waves radio waves travel a lot better at night
3: certainly do you yeah.
2: driving along in your car and pick up a station mm-hmm. from halfway across the, the country which you can't do during the day and i think this ties in somehow with um... Psychic awareness with with uh, the um, the wavelengths, if you like, of ghosts. I think there is a something to the fact that ghosts are more prevalent in nighttime hours or, or after dark than they are during the day, but. There's no reason why you shouldn't go ghost hunting in the day, and, uh, and there's certainly nothing dangerous about it. It can be a lot of fun, but it can mainly be pretty boring.
3: It's just like a police surveillance. Everybody thinks it's an exciting job, and I know for a fact after many years on the police force sitting down and actually doing surveillance, it is very monotonous and tedious, yet it's a very important part of the investigation procedure. Absolutely. Tell me, Raymond, do ghosts emanate a light force at night?
2: Some do, some don't. In fact, there are some um, spectral lights which are seen in various places which are just just lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, lights which um, shouldn't be there.
0: which, which We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them.
2: Uh, some of these can be attributed to things like swamp gas and, and stuff like that, but there, there are many uh, where, where there are very specific lights which, which are, are there. Uh, a lot of, um, these days, we see a lot of orbs in photographs especially, which mm-hmm. seem to, to pop up for no particular reason. Um, so there's, there's a lot of energy and a lot of light energy, I think, uh, not all ghosts need it. In fact, we, we have a number of uh, what we term shadow ghosts, ghosts that only show up as a shadow. In fact, I, I was looking at some video just recently from uh, the Knickerbocker Hotel in, in Lionsville, Pennsylvania, which is a one-floor old hotel, which is, is really, really haunted. And they have some video cameras set up, which are, are going 24 hours a day just in case anything happens. And uh, they sent me a clip from from these uh, the other day. And it was a shot of the the nursery upstairs, the old nursery. And it was the top of the stairs coming up into the nursery. And there was nothing there at all. And then suddenly there was this shadow. It was as though somebody had come up the stairs and turned the corner. And the shadow was there and moved around. And it was very, very distinct. There There was... no explanation for it was a shadow. So it's really the opposite of thinking of ghosts as being light individuals. This was very much a dark individual.
3: But if a ghost is not made up of any solid matter, how can it be a shadow?
2: Exactly. Uh, well, it, it's um, it's a form that appears to us. Uh, now, it, it's makeup. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That that that's a whole different subject. I guess we can think in terms of of the ectoplasm of spiritualism. But looking at a ghost generally, it's almost like a projected image. It's almost as though you're looking at um, a video which has been projected onto nothingness, on, on, mm-hmm. onto um, your your your. Onto the wall, or on, onto away from the wall, just just projected into space, as it were. Um, so it's not made up of anything, and yet it's there. But just as you can project an image of a shadow, then so ghosts can appear as a shadow.
3: Exonation Ray Buckland is our very special guest. We're talking about ghosts this hour. Talking about the wiser field guide to ghost apparitions, spirits, spectral lights, and other hauntings of history and legend. Ray's website is www.raybuckland.com that's www.raybuckland.com. Tell me Ray is real ghost hunting. I'm not talking about all this stuff we see on TV, but is real ghost hunting an expensive uh, proposition?
1: It
2: it doesn't need to be. No. No. Um you really can go ghost hunting with nothing whatsoever. Uh, a pretty general thing is that where there's a haunting, invariably the temperature drops quite noticeably. So if you go to a house which is supposed to be haunted, if you go through through it, if you are aware of a drop in temperature, this is a good sign that there is some sort of paranormal, um, paranormal activity going on. If you want to get more into it, then yes, you can get things like EMF meters. EMF meters are electromagnetic field meters. And these uh, measure the the extremely low frequency magnetic radiation Mm -hmm. that is around. Uh, And you can buy those from anywhere from $30 up to about $300. But the thing is that if you buy something like that, you use something like that it can seem to indicate that there's a ghost, a ghost activity there, but you've got to be very, very careful as to where you're pointing it. You have to watch you, out for
3: false readings.
2: Exactly, yes, you, you can get a lot of false readings. So this is why I, I think you can do just as well by yourself. If you, if you can't feel a drop in temperature, then just carry around a little, little thermometer and, and watch that. Um, but I think the best way to, to go ghost hunting is to go uh, to the, the, the room or the house, the room, whatever is supposed to be haunted, mm-hmm. and just to sit quietly and basically meditate and see what energies you pick up. And invariably, you, you just get a feel for something that is there without an EMF meter, without a, a thermometer, without anything. You just get a feel for the energy that is there. You can, of course, use cameras um, with the your, the digital camera today. Then you can shoot off lots and lots of, of film uh, because many times you won't see anything or even mm-hmm. feel anything. But when you come to look at the, the, the pictures you've taken, there's something there, perhaps a shadow, as, as we mentioned earlier, or perhaps a, a blob, an orb, uh, a flash of light. All sorts of things come up on on the film or in the digital uh, image, which you don't normally see. So it doesn't have to be expensive to go ghost hunting.
3: You know, when it comes to orbs, I'm sorry, I'm very, very skeptical of orbs, especially since whenever anybody shows me an orb picture, it's with a digital camera, and it seems that the phenomena of orbs has only been around since the... The introduction of digital cameras with the with the high-speed flash and the ability to catch what the old standard 35 millimeters and uh, the cameras prior to that could not catch. So how do you know? How can you tell between a legitimate orb or, or just a piece of dust or moisture in the
2: air? Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think probably 99.9% of them mm-hmm. are, are dust motes floating in in, in the air. But um, I've seen some, some interesting ones. I've seen an orb which has been enlarged, uh, magnified, brought up to the point where inside the orb there is a design. In fact, again, I mentioned the, the Nicaragua Hotel. I, I took a a photograph there, and there was an orb in it, and I thought, "Oh boy, another orb!" But we enlarged it, we brought it up, mm-hmm. and inside the orb there was this design of a bird with its wings spread, and I thought, "I recognise this," and I went, and "I have an old book of uh, of Japanese illustrations." and I found this exact image, that the way this bird was, was presented with its, its wingspread was exactly the same as in this orb. Now, how the heck do you explain something like that? That's, that's not just a, a dust note. That's true. But, but the majority, yes, I think our dust is, is, is resulting from dust. Um, usually if you take two or three photographs quickly, one after the other, Uh, You're likely to find that orbs are in pretty much the same position in each picture If you're taking a picture and there's an orb there or a number of orbs, perhaps large ones Which are only in one of those pictures, then it might be worth examining Mm -hmm. those orbs Uh, But generally, uh, I think the, the jury is still out on orbs
3: Tell me, is there such a thing as the ghost of an animal?
2: Oh, yes, yes, very definitely so. Uh, there have been a lot of animal ghosts, um, mm-hmm. people who've, who've um, taken a photograph of say um, of, of family members, and when they've, they've developed the photograph there alongside the family members is perhaps the, the dog that they used to have in a, and died a couple of years back. Um, there are several examples of, of this. Uh, There was a picture taken of a young boy, this was in England, a young boy holding um, a a pet cat and when they developed the photographs alongside the cat he was holding was another little cat which had exactly the markings of a, a, a cat they had had previously that had died. Uh, there was a boy who was playing um, hide and seek with with his friends in uh, a field of of corn, of of wheat, wheat or corn. And he was running through the the uh, the wheat, and he came across a dog. Almost tripped over the dog, and it looked exactly like a pet that he had. A dog that he'd had named Snoopy, of course, uh, that he'd had that had died a couple of years before. And so he he chased after the dog and went running through the, the the wheat and disappeared. And finally, he came out on the other side, and there was the the rough tombstone that Pini's mother had put up. Actually, That's a concrete nice. block. Uh, over the, the grave of where they had, had buried this Snoopy. So there was a, a very real animal ghost.
3: Tell me, once, once again I have to ask you this, what is the fascination? What do people hope to accomplish by becoming ghost hunters?
2: Um, some of them, of course, are just looking for, for fame and fortune, um, neither of which I think they will find. Uh, a lot of them do it just for the fun of it, which is great. I certainly encourage that. Why not? I mean, if we're going to have a, ha- a, a hobby, then let's, let's do something to take us away from, from the TV set or, or the, the computer, something where we can get out and, and do things. Um, I think it's just the excitement of trying to discover something and to prove something which has not really been proven before uh, certainly ghosts generally have been proven, but for you yourself, perhaps you, you've never seen a ghost. so to go out and try to find one and to fa- perhaps eventually actually see a ghost or hear a ghost, this can be such a, a wonderful experience uh, that why not why not go for it? Mm-hmm.
3: What has been the proof that has made you? Ray Buckland believed that ghosts are actually real and not a figment of the imagination.
2: Well, I, I mentioned the ones that I had in the house where I lived in, in New Hampshire. Um, I've, um, since I was, was about 12 years old, as I say, with my uncle introducing me to, to the idea and to the books about it. I've always had a fascination, and I've always believed in the possibility, not necessarily the probability, but I've always believed in the possibility. Just looking at the research that's been done, the books that have been written, people who have seen them, and the the, the, the um, information that they've provided to back up what they've seen so many times, uh, perhaps two or three different people have seen a ghost, and although they've had no contact with each other, they've kind of all described exactly the same thing, exactly the same happening, exactly the same appearance. And things like this uh, tend to, to make me
0: believe, well, the must. Muscle... We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend,
1: This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores, so stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. There must
2: be something in it. There must be a ghost there. And then when I, I have seen a ghost, what I have felt was a ghost. Um, I haven't felt that it was was imagination. I felt it was very real. Um, certainly with the one in my house in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. the screen door definitely did Ray, we've got to
3: take a commercial break, our final okay. break. Ray Buckland's our special guest. www.raybuckland.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. You're listening to us around the world on The Exxon Broadcast Network. Ray Buckland is my special guest this hour, Exonation. www.raybuckland.com, and we've been talking about the Wiser Field Guide to Ghost, Apparition, Spirits, Spectral Lights, and Other Hauntings of History and Legend. And for, like I said, for more information, visit Ray's website at www.raybuckland.com. Ray, um, let's talk very briefly about you bringing American Wicca. Over two here. Uh, What's the difference between Wicca and witchcraft?
2: Uh, It depends who you speak to.
3: (laughs) And Since I'm speaking Um, to the father of Wicca.
2: Well, uh, originally, going back to to, uh, Gerald Garner, Gerald Garner was the the grandfather of Wicca, if you like, certainly the grand old man, who really started the whole renaissance of, of interest in witchcraft. He was in England, um, he was the first man to come out of the club and say hey I'm a witch and witches mm-hmm. are not what people think, we don't worship the devil, we don't do black magic, we're not evil, so on and so forth. He published a book in 1954 called Witchcraft Today and he sort of started the whole whole movement. Um, it was from him, he, um, he got a response from a lot of people who wanted to join witchcraft when they found what it actually is. And he got a pe- uh, response from all over the world, but he didn't get any notice from anybody in this country, in the U.S., who was actually a practicing which at that time, uh, true covens had, had virtually died out. So he wanted to get the craft going again here and asked me if I would do it. So I brought the craft here and started the first coven here in 1964. Uh, I didn't set out to do anything like that. I just wanted to be a part of Witchcraft when I found what Mm -hmm. Witchcraft actually is, that it's a very, very ordinary, um, it's a a religion associated with nature. It's a do good religion. It's a very positive thing. It it worships a god and a goddess. But then
3: but if it you know, I understand it's good. I I know many of my friends are are, are Wiccas. Uh Why has Wicca received such a bad rap then?
2: Uh, because uh, of, of the centuries of um, of Christian uh, aspect of it, uh, originally the old pagan religion mm-hmm. was uh, was uh, uh, was was against. It wasn't against, but it was the uh, the rival of Christianity, the new religion, the old religion, the new religion rivalry. Uh, as the new religion took hold. So it tried to get rid of the old religion originally by just converting and then eventually by by destroying, by getting rid of. Uh, So when the first printing came into being, Christianity was very much to the fore. So the very first books ever published on the subject of witchcraft were from the Christian point of view. And they depicted witches and witchcraft as the same thing as Satanism and black magic and evil and later books their only sources of reference were these early books so for several centuries we had this very one-sided view of what witchcraft was so it's only since the, the middle of the 20th century that we've had the other side of the story coming out and it's been an uphill battle of course to try to straighten out the the misconceptions
3: Ray, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Ray Buckland has been our guest this hour, Exonation, the Wiser Field Guide to Ghost, Apparition Spirits, Spectral Lights, and other hauntings of history and legend. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break at six and a half minutes past the hour as we talk with Colleen Dietzman as the Exxon continues, live and around the world, right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exon Broadcast Network.